You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's News Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. And as we record this, it is Tuesday, April 26th, two days before the 2022 NFL Draft. And I thought what we would do today is do a little bit of a, a consensus six-round Giants mock draft and uh, here to... Uh, to do that with me is the great Mark Schofield. Mark, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time and, and doing this with me today. And I'm excited to be here, and perhaps more than that, I'm excited to really screw this up for for Giants fans here. I mean, because well, if you're letting me be in charge of some picks here, you're going to get quarterbacks and receivers throughout this entire six round process. So, some some folks might like that, Mark. Some you folks never know. might like that. So there you go. Well. You know, I've I've done eight of these on the you know the the last uh, the last eight Sundays, and and I don't think anyone's agreed with me yet. And and Chris Flum posted a mock draft uh, on Tuesday morning, and and as we record, the the Big Blue View community is in the process of absolutely destroying Chris's credibility. So <laughs> I mean. So, you know how it goes. That is so, the beauty of mock drafts. They just nobody, destroy our credibility in seconds. Nobody ever agrees with uh with, with anything. It is it is always amazing to me how how fired up people get about choices that are made in mock drafts. Well, I mean, I wrote it the other day, like the draft is like the quintessential intersection of the hope that fans like to have and the, the hope that fandom requires combined with the second guessing that fandom spurs and instills in all of us. Like we love nothing more than second guessing. And so the draft kind of intersects those two sort of bits of philosophy. And that's, that's, I think why we love it. And, and there, and there's always the idea that, that, you know, there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat, as they say, and everybody sees something different when they look at these players. So it, it's always, you know, there in a lot of cases, there's no right answer and no wrong answer. So right. So we'll we'll do what we'll do what we can here. And, and, and before we get started, just have to mention that, you know, I, I should bow in your presence these days, Mark, after a shout out this week from from the great Peter King for some work that you did over at uh, Touchdown Wire. So, you know, I, I, I should bow hats off to you for uh, and Doug Farrar for a shout out from from Peter King. Yeah, I mean, it was it was nice to see that Peter is 
interestingly been very supportive of stuff that I've done over the years. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, he gave uh, the inside the pylon draft guy that I helped sort of put together, uh, gave that a plug in one of his pre-draft columns. But, you know, this was a really nice, nice little snippet from Peter at his Monday morning piece. Um, you know, credited myself and Doug Farrar for the work that we've done in, in part because we're a little bit, Doug and I, uh, different than, say, consensus. And so, you know, I think in this draft class filled with uncertainty, I think it leads itself to different opinions on players, which I think is yep. what's going to make this draft interesting. But, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a nice little shout out and uh, not a bad way to start the draft week. There you go. And, and I love that, by the way. I love Emery Hunt because Emery's always got a different take on, on players and, and it's so easy to get into group think and, and, yeah. and feel like, well, your opinion should match what everybody else's opinion is. And, and, and I think we know that, that that's just not the case in the draft. So, and I, I keep saying that in this particular draft, I was on, uh, I was on Patty Trana's show on Monday and, uh, we were talking about it and, and I said to Patty, she asked me, you know, for some generic thoughts on the draft. And I said, I think people are going to watch this first round, no matter whether it's just the giants or anyone else. And, and they're going to watch this first round and go, what in the heck just happened here? Because I think, you know, people are laughing. It's like, I think I've seen 150 names as first round locks, right? You know, and and which means, you know, some of those guys are going to have to go in the third or fourth round. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think I think, uh, you know, what we think may not be anything like what NFL teams think. So I think that's exactly right. I, yeah. I think there's going to be some names that get into this first round on Thursday night that people weren't expecting. I think there are going to be some names that aren't called Thursday night that I think might stun us when oh, it's yeah. all said and done. Players that we thought were were one of those you know, 150 locks in the first round, they're not going to get, get their name called. And it's going to be a little bit surprising come Friday morning. Always is. So Mark, let's get to our uh, little mock draft simulation that you and I are going to do here. We're going to use the, the mock draft simulator that I've come to use quite a bit on my, uh, my mock drafts that I do on Sunday. And that's the NFL mock draft database simulator, which I like simply because it uses a consensus big board based on uh, the big boards that it accumulates and the mock drafts that it, uh, that it tracks. So it, it's not one opinion. It's a, a group opinion. And, and I've already taken the liberty of running the first four picks in that mock first four picks go Aiden Hutchinson, Jacksonville, Kayvon Thibodeau, Detroit, Evan Neal to Houston, Trayvon Walker to the Jets Giants are on the clock at five mark and and for me I love this you've got Ikem Ekwanu you've got Ahmad Gardner you've got Kyle Hamilton here you've got Derek Stingley you've got Charles Cross um which way do you go here I mean, this is, I mean, in many ways, this is sort of a dream scenario for the Giants because you've got three edges and one of the three tackles coming off the board. You've got your pick of corners. You've got, you know, two very good tackles in Cross and Aquano. I mean, my gut here is draft one of the tackles and let's move on. I mean, you know, because you're in a situation where one of the corners will still be there at seven if you want to address that. 
I mean, frankly, one of the tackles might still be there too. If you feel really strongly about Garner or Stingley, this is a very good position to be in my gut here, draft an offensive lineman, draft a Kano and move on. I, yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's what we're going to do. We're going to go Aquanu at number five. And, and part of part of the reason for that for me is if you believe the the smoke, if you believe the draft hype, if the Panthers aren't taking quarterback, they're taking a tackle. Yeah. So and and as it played out here, we took uh, we took Aquanu for the Giants at five. And the simulator gave the Carolina Panthers Charles Cross. Yeah, so that- and, and I think that's exactly right. Look, if Carolina State's at six, they have two huge needs. They have tackle or offensive line, really, and quarterback. Mm-hmm. And they can't fix them both. And so unless they decide to you know, switch things up and draft a quarterback at six, they're going tackle there. So I think if the Giants stay at five and seven, you take the tackle at five because another one's coming off the board at six. And if you pass on the, the tackle at five and six – then you may be left with okay at seven. Mm, right. You know, what, what do you, you what do you do at seven? Yeah. Right. Right. You wind up with a tackle. You're not taking Trevor Penning at seven, so you right. end up with a day two tackle, or you wind up trading down right. that pick. But you know we're not going to do any trades here because we just don't want it to get that messy. So for me, now we're at seven. You know, like I said, Charles Cross went to the Panthers at six. I have said multiple times that for me, this is the home run scenario in the first round. If the Giants don't trade, you get your tackle at five. And now you're sitting here with Ahmad Gardner, Kyle Hamilton, Derek Stingley to choose from and Jermaine Johnson, too. If you want to throw in, you know, the uh, the fourth edge rusher on the board. And for me, I have always in this scenario always chosen sauce gardener um i know that you guys when you did your your uh, your big board at, at touchdown wire i know that you guys have kyle hamilton as the number one player i know that there's also people who support Derek stingley in this spot and there's speculation about jermaine johnson as well are you going to try to talk me out of Sauce Gardner in this spot, Mark? Absolutely not, because, you know, while Kyle Hamilton was the top player on our big board, we recognize the positional value and understand that, like, if you draft Kyle Hamilton in the top 10 of this draft, you're making him, in terms of the total value of his contract, one of the top 10 paid safeties in the game overnight. Um, when you look at Gardner and Stanley, you're looking at guys that have that lockdown corner potential that you can put on an island. And Gardner spent basically his entire career at Cincinnati on that island. He's one of my favorite players to draft, to study in this entire draft class. And look, when Richard Sherman says that he's the best corner in the class, you pay attention. Now, obviously, there's a lot of similarity in terms of play style and, ra- frankly, build and, and frame between Sherman and Gardner. But, you know, Gardner, I think, is a fantastic corner. You know, scheme diverse. He obviously was at his best, I think, in press man, but you could put him in zone. You could put him in sort of that Seattle cover three. You could do a lot of different things with him. So you're not, I'm not talking to you out of Garner at seven. I think it's a fantastic, it's a home run pick. And to get Oquato and Garner at five and seven, I, I think it's a fantastic start for New York. All right. Before we move on from that pick, just quickly, where are you on Derek Stingley? I think he's CB2. Um, 
you know, I, I know that the past two years have not been kind to his evaluation. You had 2020 season at LSU that was kind of a train wreck all around. Then obviously he had the injury this last year, but then you turn on that 2019 film as a true freshman in the SEC. And it's like, yeah, this guy's going in the top five in an NFL draft at some point, whether it's two years from now, three years from now, he's a CB one type of player. And then you see, you know, what he did at this pro day, which I think sort of stemmed that slide, stemmed the bleeding a little bit. I mean, if you, if you're going to tell me that either Gardner's gone or the Giants, Joe Shane, Brian Diego, they decide, look, you know, we prefer Stanley at seven over Garner. I, I'm not going to lose too much sleep over it. I think he's like an extremely talented corner. I just prefer Garner. Yeah, I, I agree. I just feel like there's there's more risk when it comes to Stingley. The other yeah. thing, the other thing before we get to 36 here in our in our mock, it's a really interesting spot for the Giants. In particular, I think if Kayvon Thibodeau is still there, which he's not in this instance, Giants haven't drafted a a first round pass rusher since 2010. But I for me. I think that that you know Wink Martindale has made it clear that he wants corners over edge rushers. So for me, I think although you can argue the positional value, I think for me, you know, the the corners got to be the pick if there's one there. Anyway, let's move on to 36 and, and running through the simulator. Simulator has us on the clock now at 36. And this is really interesting for me, Mark, because there's a, there. If you go through kind of an ABC approach to the draft, we were just talking about edge. Yep. And there are three edge defenders sitting here: David Ajabo, Boye Mafi, and and Arnold Ebiketti from Penn State. And 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 it leads me to the to the Ojabo discussion. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of talk that he could go in the first round still, despite the Achilles injury. And if you're the Giants, if you sit here, I'm sorely tempted to take a job over here, even though you might have to wait for him a little bit. Um, just, uh, you know, your your thoughts about a job. And then, you know, we can we can scroll the board and see what and, and see, uh, you know, what we actually might want to do here. Yeah, I mean, look, when you spun the simulator forward, it, it stopped at 36 and you got those three pass rushers standing you in the face. My immediate thought is we're drafting an edge here. I mean, mm-hmm. we're getting between those three players with Jabo Mafia and Epichetti, a first round player. Now, the question becomes, do you need somebody that's going to play right away or can you be a little bit patient? Because David Ojabo is a top 15 player from a evaluation standpoint in this draft, it's just the Achilles injury is seeing him slide a little bit. You know, he's somebody that, you know, prior to the injury, you're looking at top 15, maybe top 10. Um, and then he had the Achilles and you had sort of the rise of, you know, Jermaine Johnson a little bit that has kind of thrown that off kilter. I would have no problem drafting a job because you're, you're getting a top 15 player and you're getting a basically a third first round pick. And you might have to give him that sort of medical red shirt, but then you're talking about no matter what you do in the first round of next year's draft, you've got a first rounder in your hand already. And I think that's a tremendous position to be in. But if you're telling me that, look, we, we need somebody that's going to step on the field week one and can contribute. I'm leaning toward Epichetti. I think Epichetti might come off the board in the first round anyway. And to get him here at 36 is tremendous value. And so 
what's the what's the sort of fulcrum here? Is it do we need somebody that's going to play right away? Then we go with Penn State. If we need somebody that we can take a little patience with and get that extra first rounder in a sense next year, then we'll go with Michigan and David Ojabo. Well, let me frame it this way, Mark. For me, you know, I understand if you look at the Giants' depth chart on the edge, you've got Aziz Ojolari. Then you've got two other first-year players from last year and Quincy Roche and Ellerson Smith. And then you've got some, some sort of journeyman veteran types. And I, I get the fact that you, could, that you could use a player right away. But I think for the first time in a long time, the Giants have a regime with Joe Shane and Brian Dable that finally recognizes that, that they're not necessarily playing for 2022. They're building something for the long term. And I, my, my feeling would be that if, if you have to wait half the season for David, David Ajabo, then so be it. You know, so, so I'm fine with Ajabo here. The only other yeah, player. I mean, think yeah. about it this way. If you would have said during the combine that the Giants were going to walk out of the first three picks with, you know, Aquanu, Gardner, Ojabo, I think most Giants fans would have taken that in a heartbeat and said, absolutely. Like, I don't care how that has to happen. If we have to trade up out of 36 back into the first round to make sure we get those three guys, let's do it. And to just get Ojabo here at 36, it's hard to pass that up. And yeah, you might not see him until Thanksgiving time. But you're talking about a first-round talent, a top 15 talent at 36. All right. So we're going to go David Ajabo at 36. Brings us to 67, where the Giants will have two picks in the third round, 67 and 81. And the board is really interesting here, Mark. You can see the first few picks. Um Brees Hall, running back from Iowa State. Trey McBride, tight end from Colorado State. Christian Harris, Quay Walker, Isaiah Spiller, Leo Chenal, the linebacker from Wisconsin. Troy Anderson, the linebacker from, from Montana State, who I love, by the way. Um, Greg Dolchich, the tight end from UCLA, is on the board here. Um, Fidarian Mathis, nose tackle from Alabama. Um, what's your pleasure here, Mark? This is so far the hardest to sort of sort through because, you know, obviously you look at what the Giants, you know, where they stand from a need standpoint. The tight end could be on that list. Linebacker could be on that list. You have your choice of perhaps, you know, consensus tight end one in Trey McBride, but a player that I really like in Greg Dulcich from UCLA. You have three tremendous linebackers here. You know, you've got Tyndall, you've got Chanel, you've got Quay Walker, you've got Christian Harris. I, I, you mentioned Troy Anderson. I like him, but I, I'm, I don't know if I'm doing it at 67. I might mm -hmm. do it with the next pick in the third round. You start looking at receiver. I mean, I, David Bell is interesting, but I, I'm afraid to go there just because. Alec uh, Pierce is on the board here. Alec too. Pierce is staring me at 82, and I really like Alec Pierce. Um, you know, got a chance to talk to him. Very much a prototypical expert. You're talking about somebody with a 40 a 40-inch vertical, massive catch radius, played against press, loves playing against press, has no fear of playing against press. I, I think what we should figure out, well, you know, figuring out which position we want to address gets us into the need versus value discussion. Well, well 
when I look at the Giants, Mark, I look at, you know, I've been doing position previews. And the reality of it is take quarterback out of the equation because we know they're sticking with Daniel Jones and, and and all of that. The reality of it is I think you can go anywhere. Yeah. I think you can go anywhere. You know, to be honest with you, if, if you look at wide receiver, for example, since we're talking about wide receiver, you have, Yes, you have Kenny Galladay. Yes, you have Sterling Shepard. Yes, you have Kadarius Toney. Yes, you have Darius Slayton. But I have doubts that Darius Slayton makes the 53-man roster. And and I'm not sure any of those three guys is going to be a giant in 2023 when it comes to Toney, Galladay, and Shepard. So if you're going to bang the table for a guy that you think is more than a uh, a quote-unquote fill-out-the-depth chart wide receiver, you can talk me into that here. And, and, I, and I do see McBride, and I always pause at McBride when we get to this point, you know, when I run mock drafts. But the reality of it is there's a lot of, there's a lot of tight ends in this draft that you can yeah. get in round four and round five. Yeah. I think you can pass on McBride here and still get a useful tight end. Whereas I'm not so sure you can get the same quality of, of wide receiver or linebacker, you know, if you, if you, if you pass. So if, if you want to bang the table for, you know, for, for Alec Pierce, you can talk me into that one. Then I'll do my best to do it because I think you're talking about somebody that can be that quarterback's best friend. That could be that guy at the catch point. That's going to, turn what should be an incompletion into a reception downfield. You watch his his tape at Cincinnati, and he played with Desmond Ritter, and one of the knocks on Ritter is, hey, not the most accurate quarterback, but you see Alec Pierce able to adjust at the catch point, able to contort his body, and that 40-inch vertical and the ability to high point the football. I mean, we talk a lot That's... about multi-sport athletes in, in, in high school. He's a kid that played volleyball. I mean, talk about knowing how to high point the ball wherever it is. That's what volleyball is. That's what it's all. Yeah, and about. that's 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 what I notice when I watch him is this guy wins jump balls. This guy would be tremendous in the red zone. So, yeah. So, let's so let's do that. Let's go Alec Pierce at 67. All right. I'm actually going to switch our view here so that we see the selections that that we have made so far. We've gone Ikem Aquanu at five, Ahmad Gardner, cornerback from Cincinnati at seven, David Ajabo at 36, and Cincinnati wide receiver Alec Pierce at 67. And we are now on the clock at 81. Let's see what we've got for choices here, Mark. We still have um let's see we still have some of the same choices Brees Hall Trey McBride Quay Walker Isaiah Spiller Leo Chenal Troy Anderson um Dolchich Isaiah Likely Channing Tindall Jeremy Ruckert my temptation here my temptation here is to go either tight end or go uh or go linebacker just uh I mean your your thought you like McBride here? I like McBride here. I mean, we're, we're talking about potentially tight end one, and we're getting him in the 70s. I mean, mm-hmm. 
that that's incredible value in my mind. I think, you know, what's interesting about, about this tight end class is I think in, in years past, it was all oh, these guys can't handle the blocking responsibilities. I, I think this is a tight end class that can actually do that by and large. I mean, you're talking about McBride, Dulcich, Ruckert, Auten, Ferguson. You know, we got guys like coming from Wisconsin where they're asked to block more than anything else. But I think McBride's that complete type tight end. I think he could step in and play right away. All right. So we're going to go 81. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go McBride here because you're right. He's, he's great value at 81. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to be there, you know, at 81, but, uh, but since he is, yeah, we're, we're we're going, we're going McBride. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Now we're at 112 mark in the fourth round. And, you know, we still have a couple of the same players. We still have, you know, I'm going to take tight end out of the equation here because we just took one. Um, you know, we're looking at Channing Tindall, linebacker from Georgia. We're looking at, uh, at James Cook, the running back from Georgia. Kyron Williams, Notre Dame. Damian Pierce, running back from Florida. Mario Goodrich, cornerback from Clemson. Pierre Strong, the running back from South Dakota State. Jerome Ford, the running back from Cincinnati. I keep looking at this board, Mark, and this looks like this looks like the spot. You know, this to me looks like the spot to take a running back. It does look that way. I mean, Tindall is interesting, very athletic linebacker, but you know, doesn't have a well-rounded game to him right now. He's somebody that I'd be comfortable like you know, asking to spy the quarterback on third and seven because of that athleticism. But, you know, some other parts of the position don't make a ton of sense to me. Pierce is very intriguing. You know, the running back from Florida, loved studying him. You know, he was our top running back over a touchdown wire. Again, when you start thinking about value and to get a, you know, a guy that some people think is the best running back in this class, even though the usage at Florida didn't make sense at this point, is nice to sort of get again. It's a value type play. Now his ranking here one hundred seven. Yeah, yeah. And, and and he's and he's in there and he's in range for us. Yeah. here. I mean James Cook. I mean if James you want to talk to James higher, Cook, I get it. Well, well, what I want you to do is talk me into Pierce because the the one question I have about Pierce, you know, when you're talking about the Giants still have Saquon Barkley. Uh, so we're probably looking at at a complementary back is is can Pierce handle the third down job 
Can he handle the pass catching part of that job? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he can. I think you look back at his time in Florida and you look at some of his usage, you know, in a way that was perhaps what he did best was, you know, catching the football, you know, working out of the backfield. Now, for all of these running backs, like, I, I don't think there's a guy in this class where you're like, yeah, you're going to keep him in on third down and trust him with the pass protection part of the game. Like, like this isn't the best blocking class of running backs, but I think he's a plus receiver. He's route diverse. You know, he uses his hands really well at the catch point. Um, you know, I, I think with what he can do as a receiver, you know, you could scheme some stuff. And we just drafted a tight end in McBride that is pretty good in pass protection. So, so if you want to keep McBride in, in some situations and give Pierce free releases on third downs, you can do that. And so, you know, turn on his touchdown catch against LSU, see what he can do as a receiver out of the backfield. I think, yeah, he can handle some third down responsibilities for sure. All right. So we'll go Damian Pierce here at, uh, at 112 for the Giants. But before I do that, before we move on, I just quickly want to ask you for your thoughts on Kyron Williams, the running back from Notre Dame. I mean, he's, He's been getting crushed in the pre-draft process, basically for, you know, for a lack of athleticism. Um, our friend, you know, Matt Waldman in his uh, RSP draft guide, you know, listing ceilings and floors, sort of unkindly listed Kyron Williams' floor as a different football league. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the athleticism is certainly a knock on him right now. It's, it's not just the lawn speed. It's also sort of the agilities and things like that. You know, you wonder between what Williams did at the combine and his pro day, and also what sort of Kyle Hamilton did. You sort of wonder what's going on at Notre Dame. I mean, he's a former receiver. And, and so perhaps, look, you know, maybe looking at him as more of a, a, a slot, I don't know, a full-on position can convert, but – you know, have him be a rotational guy that can give you some stuff on third downs. You know, if you're a heavy outside zone scheme, you know, you're probably going to like what you see in him. You know, it's tough because he's, he's certainly slid and we just drafted Pierce over him. I, I think we're going to see Kyron Williams available later on day three as a result. But I think in some systems, teams that have like, for example, Buffalo that has not a ton of holes, but, you know, they could afford a luxury type pick for a, a guy that's going to give you 10, 15 plays a game, he might, he might make some sense. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's move on to 147, which is the first of two Giants picks in round five. And as our board spins up here, we see some running backs. And since we just took one, you know, I'm going to kind of bypass the running backs here. So we're looking at Charlie Kohler, the tight end out of Iowa State, who's a player who, who I'm intrigued by. We're looking at Jalen Armour Davis, from uh, cornerback from Alabama. Uh, Josh Joby, another cornerback from Alabama. Darian Kendrick, cornerback from Georgia. Joshua Williams, cornerback from Fayetteville State. We're looking at a lot of cornerbacks here, Mark. There's, there's edge rusher Isaiah Thomas out of Oklahoma. Um, Kyle Phillips, wide receiver out of UCLA. Just, you know, as we scroll down the board, um, who would you bang the table for here? Anybody, anybody that, that yeah, intrigues you at all? Yeah, really thinned out here. What do we have left uh, at linebacker? I mean, is there anybody else? Just looking there at that position is... group? 
Jesse Lucetta from Penn State, Malcolm Rodriguez from Oklahoma State, uh, Mike Rose from Iowa State, um, none of whom excite me a whole lot. Lucetta might be value here, and I know yeah. that I know that Lucetta is a player that that the Giants had in during their during their local uh, their local workout. So I know that he's a player that they have some interest in. Yeah. I mean, a guy that I might be, I know we addressed corner, um, Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State. I had um, on, on my Patriots podcast, Josh Bullman on, who did a fantastic sort of midi draft guy just at the cornerback position that you can see on insidethepylon.com. And he was extremely high on Joshua Williams, kind of talked me into him for the New England Patriots, um, as a matter of fact. But yes, he played at Division Two, but uh, a dominant type of corner at that level of competition, like a uh, very physically imposing type of player, you know, almost 6'3", 195, um, very much an outside guy, um, very much somebody that you're going to put on the boundary, you know, four five three in the 40, so it's not blazing fast, but 36 press, is vertical. Press man sort of potential? Yeah, I mean, look, he, he's sort of physically imposing. They used him basically as just a, a press corner more than anything else. Like, they, they really just let him stay on an island, didn't do a ton in zone. It was just – we are going to let him play and press um, that long frame. Um, and as Josh told me, like he can impose his will on opposing receivers. Now, yes, that was division two, but what you want to see from a smaller school player, you want to see them dominate. And that's what he did. And so I really like him. Josh has kind of talked me into him. So I'm going to try to do my best to talk you into him as well. Well, as I look at this board, Mark, it's, it's obvious that, that, uh, that it's heavy cornerback here. Um, I know that Wink Martindale, as I said earlier, has expressed a, a desire, you know, for as many cornerbacks as as he can get. And you know, Mike Tannenbaum from Thirty Third Team did a piece recently on uh, on day three picks, and Mike's point was, you're looking for somebody. With with an outstanding trait, with something, you know, with some with one thing that separates them, and you know, you're you're telling me here that you know I'm looking at these cornerbacks, and and to me, none of them jumps off the board. I'd kind of like to have one. You know, you're, you're telling me that you think Williams has those those upside traits. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That that Wink Martindale might be able to develop. So, uh, you know, I, I've seen. Jerome Henderson, the Giants defensive backs coach, do some terrific things with with a guy like Jaron Williams, who's a kid who came out of uh, out of U Albany, and and is turning into a nice player. So so we'll go Joshua Williams here based on the upside. You know we'll take the we'll, we'll take the swing here at uh, at one forty seven at uh, at adding some some depth at cornerback and see if we can uh, see if the Giants can turn Joshua Williams into a player. Yeah, I think there's a, there is that potential. All right. So we are at 173 and we're sort of at that point in the draft where it's, you know, who's available. And, and it's almost like at this point, you know, forget the positions and, and you know, look at look at a player that you think you know could could turn into something. Um, I'll scroll the board here. You know, we're still looking at 
had a couple of running backs, a couple of the cornerbacks, Bailey Zappi, the quarterback from Western Kentucky, Kalon Barnes, cornerback from Baylor. Player that I'm intrigued by is is Chig Okonkwo, the tight end from uh, from Maryland. You know, may, maybe that's also because I went to Maryland, but you know, but still, you know, but but that's I, that's a name that intrigues me. I'm going to do my best to talk you into Okonkwo here. You know, I, I have no problem with that, Mark, because you look at the Giants' depth chart at tight end. And it's still, you know, Ricky Seals Jones. I think I forget they signed somebody else the other day whose name I can't even remember. But uh, Jordan Atkins, Jordan Jake Hausman, Ryson John, Chris Myrick. Um, you know, you you can talk me into a second well, tight end, and it's not because the kid went here. to Maryland. You know, you, you've added McBride, who is your traditional, you know, on-ball tight end. Now you get Okwankwo, who is that move-type guy that can – I think his NFL position might actually be more of a Kyle Juszczyk, H-back type guy. He yeah. snaps at fullback, but you move him yeah. around. You can put him in the wing. You can put him in the slot. And the pairing of McBride and Okwankwo, I think, is fantastic because you've got – the guy that's your traditional tight end in McBride that you go, you feel comfortable lining up next to the tackle on zone plays, on gap plays, handling some pass protection stuff. Now you've got the move type of guy in Oquanquo that you're going to move around the formation a little bit. You can get on the ball in space. You watch how Maryland used them. They used them on vertical stuff. They used them on short, quick game stuff. I think putting those two players together, and if you start telling me that at some point next year you're going to have a 12 personnel package with Galladay and Alec Pierce on the field, and then Okwankwo and McBride as your two tight ends. I really like that. Yeah, I, I do as well. One of the things that I like about Okwankwo is Maryland used him a lot as an H-back. They threw yep. him screens. They threw him, like you said, quick game stuff. I have seen people say that that Okwankwo could be, you know, as you indicate, could be an NFL fullback. Yeah. Because, and the Giants are not carrying a fullback. They yeah, need, that versatility is huge. They need somebody who can at least occasionally develop into a guy that can that can line up, you know, in an offset eye or something and, and lead block out of the backfield. I I like a conquo here, just that you know, for, for those reasons and, and as an upside play as well. And, and and as an added bonus, I I get a terp on the roster. Yeah, you know, and College Park's 25 minutes away from me, so I love it too. There you go. I was uh I was in DC probably probably a month ago. I was there just hanging out a little little vacation with the wife for a few days. You didn't come say hi? No, I didn't, Mark. Sorry. Next time. Next I'll time. Let me know next time you're in town, buddy. I'll I, take I, you I, some of my favorite haunts. There you go. I went I went and said hello to to an old friend of mine. Uh, who's been a columnist in the DC area for a long time, Rick Snyder, guy that's oh, nice. Uh, yeah, guy that's that's written for a lot of uh, of newspapers in the Washington yeah. area. Was my was my my first boss, and and we actually got talking the other day about how in the heck he hired me in the first place because <laughs> we were we were both college kids, and I I my wife asked me, I had absolutely no recollection of this. But he apparently hired me at a party. Really? <laughs> he apparently hired me at a party, which I did not remember. And 
I don't, I don't know. I, I have no idea how that happened. I have no idea what condition either one of us were in, but, but we've hey, been, we've, whatever but we've been, we've I mean, been Rick's friends for a long time. Yeah, he is. And he'll tell you about it too. Yeah. <laughs> he'll tell you about it. All right. So we are now at our final pick, Mark, 182 in the sixth round. And, and I'll be honest with you, I come to this pick and my, my knowledge a little bit of some of these players isn't as deep as it could be. But I, I think we can argue about two things here. You know, if, if there isn't a player that you really want to bang the table for is a backup quarterback, a day no. three quarterback. Can we take Matt Ariza, the punter from San Diego State? That's where I was going to go. Which it's funny because I have done that multiple times, and 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 you would not you would not need to uh, to press me real hard to uh, to take Ariza here. The only other thing I might look at would be would be offensive line depth, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cade Mays, the interior offensive lineman prospect from Tennessee, might make some sense. Adesu from uh, North Carolina might make some sense. You know, I could see, you You know, if you wanted to talk me into one of those players, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But no, I, Hunter I, is a need. And I, I was, like was going to try to talk you into Ariza. I was going to try to talk you into him, and it sounds like I don't have to. You don't. But, but, you're, but you're, you're not trying to talk me into Skylar Thompson. Quarterback from K State, you know. See, I, you know, but you know what I, you know what I think, Mark. As much as I, I, I've debated that idea here as well. The punter is actually a person who's going to get on the field, yeah, and have an impact. And the I, Giants, I mean, the Giants have the Jamie quarterback Gillen. here. You're hoping he doesn't see the field because Biden gets. Right. I mean, not not Biden. Um, I don't know why I said that. Daniel Jones gets to where he needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to talk politics more. No, we we're are not absolutely gonna not going to do that. No, but uh, you know, I, I I look at it, and Jamie Gillen, former Cleveland Browns punter, yep. Scottish Hammer, yeah, could probably do an adequate job for the Giants at a low cost. But if you can take a swing at upgrading that position with a guy that could change the field. I have no problem taking Matt Ariza Let's here. Do at, it. Uh, all right. So that's what we're going to do. Ariza at 182. And that's our board, Mark. So we've got Aquanu, Gardner, Ojabo at 36, which I think is great value. Yeah. Pierce, 67, a wide receiver that I love. McBride, Damian Pierce at 112. Joshua Williams, cornerback from Fayetteville State at 147. Chig Okonkwo at 173 and Matt Ariza, punter from San Diego State at 182. You know, Mark, it's, I like this draft. I think it's an indication, as I always tell people, you know, there are other things I would have loved to have gotten, would have loved, and we talked about it, I would have loved to have gotten an inside linebacker. I would have loved yeah, to I have mean, gotten. Yeah, I mean, I feel like. You know, part of the beauty of mock drafts is it's sort of just a, a scenario, you know, sure. game and out what could happen. And, you know, we went receiver tight end at 67 and 81. And, you know, I, I well, do think I like those values. Well, but linebacker kind of thinned out. Yeah, it did. And and it, it's every choice that you make has a cost. 
And that's, that's part of it. You, you choose wide receiver and linebacker thins out. Yeah. You choose, you know, you, you choose a tight end, maybe, you know, at, at 81 and, and maybe you lose an opportunity at some offensive line depth. Yeah. It, it's it. I always remind people that, that no matter how many picks you have, you don't get everything that you want. You never do. You don't get everything you want. You don't get every player. That yeah. You and want, I, I mean, I think, you know, had we gone with Troy Anderson at 81, you know, mm-hmm. you add the developmental type linebacker who's a super athlete, you know, you could have still got Oquanquo where he did, you know, and maybe you feel, okay, well, the double dip of tight end costs us the linebacker. And I get that. I mean, like you said, it's, it's, you're balancing interests here. And, no. and, and I, th- but I, I think, I think in the end, I think we got good players. We got useful yep. players. We got and, good players. Uh, That's the job. Yeah. And, and this was fun. We got to talk about some players that I wasn't really, really familiar with. Joshua Williams is a guy I'm going to have to go uh, look up a little bit more information on, see if I can see if I can watch a little bit of film on, on Williams. Go. And, uh, you know, Damian Pierce is a guy, you know, I've, I've, picked running back at at 112 for the Giants a million times and I keep coming back to James Cook but but I you know obviously can be talked into can be talked into uh, into someone else and, and and Pierce is another guy I'm going to have to do a little bit more study on before uh, before the weekend so Mark this was a lot of fun I absolutely my friend I, I appreciate the time and you know next time next time I'm in DC I might actually tell you that's tremendous (laughs) all right hey uh real quick if folks don't know why don't you uh you know why don't you just let them know where they where they can find your work you know since since you're since you're a god now and and people should be following you so uh so so let them know where they can do that well and it's a blast every time we get to do do some work together or even just hang out or just eat a lot of meat at fogo to chow uh <laughs> people can follow me on, on the bird app at mark schofield usa today's touchdown wire big review blue and green nation pat's pulpit blog and the boys but the bird app mark schofield the easiest place to find me. it it's really a shame that that you have nothing to do and no place to display your work mark yeah i mean i'm just looking for somebody to let me write <laughs> all right all right, Giants fans, uh, thank you very, very much for listening. Mark, thank you for spending the time again. Please remember, Giants fans, to uh, subscribe to Big Movie Radio wherever you listen to podcasts, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.